Okay. Like, so, it, what it, kind it, of it, podcast is this? <laughs> this is a deeply analytical one. Oh. <laughs> but like the bo- bo- moment I'm, I'm, I'm more specifically talking about, it's in seven minutes and 59 <laughs> seconds into the I don't mind, mama, my clothes are in the dryer. I may be holding on to you for dear life, but I dropped it on the floor. And so, uh, welcome to the Flick Lab. My name is Karri, and my co-host is Henrik, and our guest is Aku, my brother. Welcome all. So we officially have reached the point where you just use this podcast in in desperate attempt to draw in your entire family into the mix. Uh, exactly. Like, like, now, now it's your brother, and the next time it's your mom, and then it's your dad, and then it's your grandma. And well, you were what the hell? You were looking for the high-profile, high-brow guests, Henrik, and now we have one. We have an actual actor here. For God's that, that, sake! That, 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 that's true. From from the from your Terminator Two acts or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, whatever you, it you, was. You are, you are abso- absolutely correct. We we are um, actually. In, in a presence of, of someone from the industry. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And moreover, there's another linkage to this podcast because Aku was kind of sort of supposed to be my co-host, but that idea tanked and uh, therefore we have Henrik here. Yeah, I tanked the idea by myself, so yeah. <laughs> aku, 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 Magela. How are you? What are you doing right now? Where are you located? Tell me all your location information. Well, right now I'm in Finland doing this podcast for nobody. And uh... <laughs> that's the finished honest, finished honesty. <laughs> that, that, that's the brutal honesty of the podcast. <laughs> but it's I, I guess this is a good practice for my English. So yeah, it's fine. You can just PayPal me for this. Excellent. Well, looking forward to for, forward to get our Patreon going. So, <laughs> yeah, so that we we can finally become sellouts, and then we can actually stop making the podcast because we have reached all the highs and lows. No, Henrik, that's that's when we're starting to broadcast in the beginning of the episode. There's a five minute commercial break about the. the Electrical mattresses and what have you. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is being sponsored by Skillshare. <laughs> and Fortnite. And, 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 and Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm getting old. My, my leg is hurting. Oh. Well, I think, I think we have a good possibility to turn this into a family business slowly. Oh, oh! Yeah, well, if this is gonna turn into a family business, I'm not marrying Carly just in order to stay in the podcast. What? You don't love me anymore? Shame. Not, not that much. Not that much. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, thank you for joining us. Where were we? Oh. So this <laughs> yeah, week, you, 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 you named podcast. 
this yeah. in, indeed still is the Flea Club. The movie the podcast what? that takes as deep look at films as today's film's director takes a look at young children. <laughs> this is a film podcast that tries to take a very deep dive into films, but unfortunately this week this might be just the smallest amount of research that we have gathered here for any episodes because there isn't much thing to research here. <laughs> no. And uh, let's see this how this goes. This is kind of the, the uninvited I think so. scenario. Once again, we're... Okay, this time the film is not that bad as uninvited was. The, that episode when they went into just, you know, us shooting the shit and drinking beer and making not at all funny jokes throughout the <laughs> runtime. Today's movie is much more serious and, and an actual horror film, but like with Uninvited, this is like there's no information available about, well, Cheapers Creepers, in case you didn't catch the episode title. And in case somebody didn't catch the ham fisted reference in the beginning of the uh, podcast and thought that I was having some kind of a stroke, uh, and, well, it could go either way, but I was trying to, you know, instead of doing the very typical cheapers, creepers, beginning which would have been lame. I chose the singing style of Darry in the car to his sister, so I couldn't figure out what the hell he was singing about, so I gave the same service to you, dear listener. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Aku, why are we watching Cheapers Creepers mm. tonight? Yeah, Aku, mm. why are we watching this film? <laughs> of all the movies in the world, why Cheapers Creepers? Well, first of all, uh, I'm sorry, but yeah. Oh yeah, indeed, indeed. This was this was my pick, and uh, I'm starting to question my whole life. But uh, I just remember this movie, seeing it when I was like uh, maybe I don't know, fifteen, ten, five. Who knows? And, Probably uh, five, and, and I was force feeding <laughs> it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> somewhere between five and sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I remember it was um I remembered as a good unknown horror film and I remembered wrong. It is a <laughs> it, is, it is a film, that's correct. But, <laughs> but uh I I was taking notes watching the film. I was flicking my pen around and I hit myself in the eye with it and that was the best <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs> well, that, that's actually pretty much my experience also with Cheapers Creepers. I originally saw the film in my teens <clears throat> and most likely the reason why Kari actually accepted the film to be covered mm -hmm. here is because once again, in back in the good old <laughs> Vitonen days, I did write a thing. A review. A, a, air quotation marks review about Cheaper Scrapers, and I actually gave it pretty high score back in the day. You did? Yeah. And that actually, now revisiting the film all, all these years later, I was kind of caught myself also thinking like, why? <laughs> well, uh, I guess it's this, this is going to be a weird uphill battle because I will be the only one who is going to be giving some favorables towards the movie here. 
uh, I, I don't know about some favorables. I, I'm not like I, I'm not saying that Tippers Creepers is necessarily a bad or or the worst thing ever. But but back in the days when I wrote the original review for Vitonen, I I kind of remember that there was this weird kind of a pop culture zeitgeist going on around the film back in the day. Like, everybody was hyping how great movie Jeepers Creepers is. There are some good reasons for it, yeah. I, I, I don't know about good reasons. I, I just, well, like, the New York Times, if I remember correctly, the source actually said that the film is perhaps so scary that it's actually too, too scary for the audiences. The Finnish gaming magazine Pelaaja, Gave the film also high marks and praised it to the heavens when it was released. And then there is, I've noticed, you know, looking at the Jeepers Creepers trilogy, that, that following the original hype around the first film, all of a sudden there's complete radio silence. Everybody has forgotten the film. Everybody yeah. most definitely forgot the franchise after the part two. And then there was some weirdo fanboys who tried to be excited about part three and then the third film got released and now everybody just hates the franchise and that was like a 14 year gap between the two and three am i correct something like that yeah it took took forever for the part two to come out and i don't realize why like i i kind of i get it i get it when i look at look at the storyline of the first film or, or the story that the movie has, because there's really not... Jeepers Creepers, the first one, really is, in my opinion, is not a movie that, that's any kind of a foundation point for a franchise. You're saying that it's not salvageable. It, it, it might be salvageable, but the origin point, like... Jeepers like Creepers is about a creature who, every 23 years, comes up for... Th uh, 23 days and kills basically a handful of people because he if everything goes according to plan the creeper would only kill enough people to replace his internal organs and that's about it you missed my very funny victor salvageable joke in this podcast <clears throat> i i i did <laughs> notice your attempt at porn, but I decided to ignore it. I, I, I like Salva himself, who does not ignore any young kids. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. I, also, I also wrote a bunch of kids' jokes, but I think Henrik did all of them already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were either 11 or 5 when you saw this film for the first time, Aku. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere between 1 and 25, about. Something like that. Yes, a small cap. <laughs> Closer to nine, <laughs> ten, than fifty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, watching it again, I it's been so long since I last time that I saw it. But yeah, watching it now, it's just it's just a forgettable film. There's like that they had a nice idea about it that the monster that goes around wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh... Jeepers Creepers, yeah. I remember watching it after Henrik had made the review, because I'm a heretic and I don't follow any movies that Henrik does. And then I was, uh, I didn't know what to think. Like, it's it's good, and it's also not good. Let's see where but the pendulum goes. It, it was produced by 
Francis Ford Coppola, which is pretty odd seeing how the movie is. Yeah, well, I suppose Francis Ford Coppola needed some money. <laughs> and the film did make money. Coppola himself also, as a director, is a figure who also has made some interesting choices career-wise, especially after the 90s. Yeah, I suppose all of that Apocalypse Now money was not good enough. I I I don't really know, but where, like when it comes to Coppola, where 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 and why the downhill slope for the dude started or why it happened. But it most definitely like that the later years of Coppola has kind of been pretty abysmal. Like I would say, the Rainmaker from '97 was his, perhaps his last really good movie, and. Everything after that has been kind of a, like skippable. If the apocalypse now process of making the film is anything to go by, I'm not uh, at all surprised if he has gone completely bankrupt since then. Yeah, and and perhaps also bankrupt idea wise. Like he also as a director, as a visioner, Coppola doesn't seem to be on his A game anymore. Well, I mean, if if he runs out of money, he can just make cheaper creepers four and five and six and make it a make it a real series. That could work. Home video. Yeah, sort of like Terminator twenty one and or what what they're doing now. Yeah, the 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 dark conspiracy. <laughs> I I would almost make the case that at this point it's just better not to touch cheaper creepers franchise. Or children, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cheaper creepers. I guess we can jump into this interesting product. Anyone, anybody want to share some light on Victor Salva? Apart from the obvious, well, he's known for creating the entire trilogy of films: cheaper creepers one, two, three, and uh, Rites of Passage, which he wrote and directed himself and uh, that's that's about it yeah yeah that's that's all he's known for let's just skip ahead yeah yeah if if somebody <laughs> wants to like get more information about all the pedophile jokes that we are making uh salva was directing uh this pretty small but budget horror film called clown house where salva actually took part in or, or molested One of the young, younger actors of the film, the actor at the time was 12. And during that time, uh, already, this happened in 1989, or somewhere around that time, Salva already got nicked for child molestation and also holding child pornography. And nothing actually came came about that during that time. It was during his later film pretty abysmal and also quite forgettable drama film about some kind of a magic albino guy called Powder. And it was during Powder's production when when his original victim from the Clown House days finally came came to public and publicly outed Salva as a pedophile and it's during that time that Salva's previous record as a as a convicted pedophile came out and was publicized and was pretty much Salva kept quiet ever since that except then 2001 when Jeepers Creepers the first one came out and once again put Salva back on the map 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of weird how little came of the pedophile stuff. Like, I think he did like 15 months in prison, and then he started directing cheaper Creepers movies. So seemed like the boost for his career. Yes, in in yeah. Salva's case, something that most likely saved the dude back in the day, like career-wise, was the fact that Salva was pretty unknown. Uh, what about podcasts career-wise? Uh, how deep is your wallet, Henrik? There is also still the chance that Salva will use his influence to sue this podcast for defamation. Well, Salva first would have to actually find this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fields! We start with fields. A car is going on the fields. This uh, looks already like uh, Children of the Corn beginning. And looks... 500 other films. Especially of... Children of the Corn. Yeah. Like, very, and, very strong corn vibes. An actual good movie. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> let, 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 let's not, you know, uh, stretch this too far. <laughs> My god, that's a leap for humankind. <laughs> yeah, but also kind of Mad Max vibes, although we're not having a desert here. But everything with the car on a road, it's basically the same beginning for me. Always Mad Max when there's cars and roads. Right. Or Back to the Future. We are introduced to our main characters. And for some reason, all the sexy, sexy vibes are removed by making these and a brother and sister, Trish and Dari. Your thoughts on why the director chose to not have some sexy time between these characters? I, I don't know. Justin Long, who plays the brother here, was, what, 22? Yeah. At, at the time, and the lady was something like 30. Jesus. Yeah, that they were pretty old, especially seeing how the characters themselves are supposed to be in college when the well, film happens. Typical Hollywood scenario. Yeah, the, typical Hollywood. Yeah. Once again, 25 looks exactly like 15-year-old. Mm, yeah, so if you need an actor who who is supposed to play a high school character part, at the minimum age in Hollywood has to be 23 or 22, I guess, in this case. Gay forever, Henrik. I guess that was an inappropriate reading. 6A4EVR, Arizona license plate. This whole license plate reading is coming from a real story, as we found out in this podcast. There was a one mystery, some kind of a TV series, which was reporting on real events, I guess, where they were kind of recreating the scenes by creating like mini TV episodes about them. And there was this couple who was obsessed about reading number plates and listing them down and making fun of them. And then behind the church, there was some guy that they saw carrying some kind of a peito. Blanket. Carpet. Blan blanket that was covered in blood marks. And uh, they, they actually found this uh, person and uh, he had murdered his wife, as it turned out. Oh, cool. Okay, now the elderly couple with their little van is turning away from the road and it's already revealing the other car behind it, uh, which of course has the monster of the night driving the car. Oh, I, I don't know, it could be his grandmother for all I know, but there I, the car is coming. By the way, did you, <clears throat> I don't know, how did, how did you feel about the, the beginning of the movie? Because I had Ex subtitles. Extremely effective in a way that it starts in what? Okay, the movie has now run for five minutes, less than five minutes, and the guy is already honking the horn behind their car. So 
this <laughs> this is all for a good start and uh, very simple elements like oh, car on the road, I, I, two characters, just having some jokey jokey time, and here we go. I mean, actually, before that, like in just the first seconds, because I noticed I have the subtitles on, so I started seeing subtitles but couldn't hear anything. And as they drive forward the road, you can start to hear their voice more. And for some reason, that really pissed me off because first you can't hear anything and then they suddenly get before you and then their voice is like this. So it's kind of fucking annoying. I didn't have this problem. Hmm. Oh, maybe you were. Maybe I'm, I'm having a bad day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the remote control under your toe. <laughs> yeah. There they go, there they go, there they go, driving, 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 and pee under a tree. Anything about peeing? Uh, it's good. If you need to pee, I think you should pee. You shouldn't hold it in for too long. Yeah, you should empty your bladder every once in a while. Yeah, at least, well, I would say daily, but but at well, least once a week. Mm, that, that goes a long way, too. Not get some prostate moments. Prostitutes, yes, yes, indeed. And in a very, you know, good way, they are also showing that you should also drink water. But just remember to empty the bladder every once in a while after such an occasion. Yes, but we did not see the color of the pee. It could be really yellow, so they're dehydrated. But it could also I'm... be seeing that that this was uh, this regular cheaty cheats moment in a movie that. They were having some kind of a water hose and doing a fake pee with that. But I think uh, the considering the film's budget and all, I, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know if they have, you know, usually the films has to take like repeated shots of, of the same scene. So mm. in that case, you know, if they would not use water hose, that would mean that Justin Long would have taken a piece like six of five or six times. Yeah, just Justin... to get that one shot correctly. Yeah. But... um. I don't know. Just fill up your bladder and uh, it might go on for 20 seconds. To I, I, just... I don't know. I mean, if, if you actually rewind the film to the precisely the moment when, when the peeing starts and you freeze the frame and you start to analyze the pixels in the image, when you are being shown the adjusting Long's peace stream, you can actually, I would almost make the argument that that's actually water. Like, there's 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 not enough colora- coloration in Justin Long's pee for it to be a real pee. So what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> this is a deeply analytical one. <laughs> oh. Like the bo- bo- moment I'm, I'm, I'm more specifically talking about, it's in seven minutes and 59 <laughs> seconds into the movie. Okay. But um, uh, we are, I have already passed the scene where we have the monster of the day and uh, he's on his own backyard uh, tossing some potatoes down a drain, <laughs> which they somehow conclude that it's not potatoes and... Uh, Actual human beings, <laughs> allegedly, uh, allegedly, and they yeah. could, they could have just kept it at the alleged level. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, they, they the characters make really stupid mistakes throughout the film. That's clear. But what's also clear is that I think both of these characters are extremely likable, and you care for their well-being. Uh, I, uh, Henrik has a different opinion, of course. They are at first 
like since, since we already mentioned the opening of the film, I do kind of, I myself, I feel that the first half hour of the movie is the, definitely the, yeah. the, the strongest and the best part of the film. And yeah. after the first half hour, then the film starts to be more and more in the kind of a forgettable territory. The opening of the movie is really effective. It actually manages to build and hold suspense and tension. And it even manages to be rather creepy and even somewhat scary. And I can actually get behind the character's rationality and the choices they make during the first 30 minutes of the film, like during the opening half hour. But once the movie starts to roll, like the further the things escalate, the more I start to feel that the film is kind of losing its focus, it's losing its tension, it's becoming more and more kind of a comedy, as it, as it is, but it kind of can't recapture the momentum it had in the beginning of the film. And I also kind of feel that the characters become dumber and more annoying as the film goes on. That is true. It's a weird mixture. It starts so strong. You have established uh, interesting characters right off the bat. I don't even mind that they make some stupid decisions first, but there are a well, few uh, uh, too many, and then the the film falls into the genre cliches later on, like this uh, psychic woman, but we get to it later, but... At least, you know, the psychic woman is not this type of a know-it-all person. Like, she doesn't claim that she knows everything. And it's more of like a helping character instead of going all nuts. So Yeah, well, at, at, at least during the first half an hour, the Justin Long, Long's character, at least he manages to justify and rationalize the choices he makes. Like, the choices may still be kind of bad, depending on how you look at them, but at least he has some excuse for his choices. The character from the duo that I have more problems with and who I feel kind of gets the short end of the stick character-wise is actually the sister, who pretty much makes all all the stupid decisions and mistakes right from the get-go. That is correct, sir, and... Going past the psycho's house is not helping much because they have the psycho on their ass once again, but uh, he's not somehow interested in getting rid of them. He hasn't gotten the scent yet, I suppose is the thing. Yeah, I suppose I really don't know what's, what's the point and moral of the thing, but... Uh, well, the, the, the obvious life lesson here is that if you go into Sweet Home Alabama or Florida for that matter, on these country roads, and you get the beat-and-go car sticking up your rear end, then the obvious answer is that to close all the doors and windows so the guy will not get your scent. Oh, well, that's simple, I guess. It's simple uh, and it's plain. Why <laughs> should I complain? And I'll just put my input here about the characters from the beginning. I, I hate the sister, like, full-hearted. I just hate the character all through the movie so yeah just just so annoying and and uh well 
yeah, stupid decisions and uh, just overall, I hate her. I hate everything about her voice, goddamn annoying face, everything. Other than that, it's fine. Mm. But tell me, does she kiss like the way I kissed you? <laughs> you wanna go more in detail on that? <laughs> how, how 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 young were the two of you? <laughs> Excuse me, more. That was uh, I got carried away with the Abba lyrics. So. Yeah. Now we have the car off the road. Fun times. Yeah, and he I don't know he he rams his truck in the back of their car many times. And I just felt like that has to be a sexual innuendo or something. It's too obvious. Or not, I guess. Yeah, just don't agree with me. That's fine. Carlo? If if something it's more... It's <clears throat> actually, if you ask me, it's just, you know, Salva taking elements from Steven Spielberg's The Duel actually has the exact same setup. The Duel being a on-the-road horror film where um, your average middleman has, has to defend himself in his inside his small car against psychotic trucker. Yeah, the biggest chunk of the film was filmed in north-central Florida, and it's, this uh, church existed during the filming, obviously. Uh, St. James Church, it was called in o- Ocala, Florida. Now it doesn't stand anymore. It was taken down for four reasons. And nothing is left there except some kind of a stop sticking from the ground. It's good that the girl character points out that this is exactly what happens in a stupid horror film where somebody does stupid mistakes. This is indeed it. So saves the trouble for audience to kind of think about it. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot, lot of those things throughout the movie cheesy corny horror movie cliches that's true that's true running down the pipe to get some rats yeah and under no circumstances she should have let him go but uh, alas whoopsie doopsie yeah i i had a big problem with this scene um <laughs> i saw no point in going into the pipe to see better he had a flashlight he <laughs> He only moved like his body length further with the flashlight. It does absolutely nothing, but fine if you want to go in. And um, so, yeah, she she let go because the guy was scared of a rat being being a little bitch and swinging his legs. But now came the biggest problem of the scene. He fell down the pipe head first, but landed on his back into a huge spotlight coming from the pipe, which well, the scene hey. was just ridiculous. Things happen, you know. Maybe <laughs> I, 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 and I, I quite did like this scene. Like I, I, I do admit that it's it's a bit of cliche. It's a bit hammy, also, especially with with you know the the spotlight shining on Justin as he's forced down, but. I still felt that overall the cinematography here was actually quite good. 
it it was not inventive in any way, but it government managed to use the the common tropes and the common elements into to actually effectively build the scene. And I also could could get behind Justin Long's uh, kind of a rationality to go into the pipe <clears throat> and the the whole argument that. He, he he hears that somebody is actually calling inside the weird murder basement and he wants to check out if there's someone who actually needs help and somebody who he could still help at this point. Like, that's kind of a very humane act to do. Yeah, kind of. But then again, I kept thinking, how do they know? So damn sure that the next phone will not be anywhere close. They seem to always be very much on track where the next phone will be. Yeah, and, and as a Finnish person, I would not go back. I just don't don't care. <laughs> yeah, you just ignore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it, it's a social interaction, and I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Especially social interaction with some kind of a a bit too social a southerner cowboy hat dude who. Who is of course very polite and will uh, invite you to his church and you know yeah and probably talks way too much and likes to hug <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. awful awful yeah. i'd rather just go in the in the bin or in the chute the pipe whatever just stay there that's probably a good choice because this is some kind of a southerner from the states who who is who is kind of disillusioned and wants to correct the mistakes of the past and you know has put the cowboy cowboy hat on to revenge for all the past mistakes yeah or he has a ranch and he has cows and stuff he takes care of and this is like a hobby for him right possibly you know the good old times conveniently this the one guy in the whatever basement uh, hobby room now dies when justin is there or his character Darry is there actually oh yeah did you Notice the he finds the body and uh, in in the bag and starts to open it and there's a lot of jump cuts while he's trying to open it and he seems to struggle for some reason but when he gets it open the body looks like a slightly Asian Johnny Depp if you noticed something like that it seems that he has a lot of things to say but it's a little hard with your internal organs maybe a little messed up there. Yeah, or just a bad attitude, just laziness, possibly. No, happens. He didn't have the, what we in Finland called Tisu. (laughs) (laughs) Fortitude and strength, missing. And also a cleaning lady, because this place has an ample amount of spider webs. True. Yeah, like in in Finland, the government officials would be shutting down your weird murder basement, simply because it's not hygienic enough. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's not up to code. Yeah, and, and there should be like safety helmet. Of course, and you should go through the two-week period of training before you can set up your murder base. Yeah, yeah and yeah. You, you need special training for before you are allowed to actually stack up your weird murder corpse, corpses on the ceiling of your murder basement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's going to be kind of a problem in the in the construction that they will not probably allow you to do that and i i'm pretty sure he doesn't have this thing we call <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. 
one day course job security <laughs> card i i i don't i don't think he passed it i have to say that the couple that is punched on the wall they very much look like they are well not real some kind of a wax works and the lady looks like rosamund pike i i'm uh, i i was originally i was going to avoid mentioning the couple here because something that actually i don't know why but caught my eye was that, like you mentioned, the couple itself is is really hokey, like very obviously some kind of rubber dolls or, or yeah. you know, wax mannequins, something like that. They're not convincing the least, but from the couple, the ladies' teeth actually appear like they, they have gotten surprisingly a lot of detail put into them. Like that, that's the one area where, where the, the sculpture, uh, sculpture or the puppeteer of the film really decided that this is the one thing I will not mess up. Priorities, man. Yeah. Like, like you, you, can, you can sculpt the faces all, all the way you like. It's not so, it's, it, it, it's not so much of a problem if you fa mess up the facial features or something like that and they look, look exactly like, like rubber dolls. But those goddamn teeth, that's something that I'm going to ace. I did notice those tits, and uh, yeah, it took me a while to get through that scene. I just paused it for a minute. <laughs> you, 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 you pervert. <laughs> then I had a cigarette, and then I. <laughs> yeah, the small details that we go into in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you have to analyze the film very carefully, frame by frame, scene by scene. Tit by tit. Tit by tit. Like, like the um, amount of lotion I, I, I've actually consumed during the making this podcast. Yeah, well, it is winter time, so places get dry. Yeah, so just you know, Corey, we most definitely need that Patreon going on. <laughs> I have expenses here behind the scenes. <laughs> Maybe it's better if we don't go to the theater that often then, after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tend to frown upon that kind of behavior for some reason. Yeah, fucking bigots. Yeah, well, what's up with that? It was fine in the 70s. What happened? <laughs> Meanwhile, there was this uh, passing car that they mistaked for the bad boy of the film. Yeah, a car that some somehow mysteriously manages to sneak up on the sister who was... Specifically told by Mac here to keep an eye on the road, just in case that the creeper would come back. Well, yeah. you can only point your eyes to one side of the road at a time. Well, well, God damn it, the bitch doesn't even see the trouble to actually get onto the road. She just stays on the churchyard for the entire time, except for this one scene where there's the truck fake out. That, that's because uh, she's modeling for the camera there, striking a good pose. And that that's besides the reason why I I, I said that I do have, more, more, more than anything, I do have a problem with the sister character in, in this film. Like Mac, at least, at least during the first half an hour, Mac can be somehow understandable. Who's Mac? And, and somehow, you know, operates in, in at least partly logical way. But his sister is half-assing basically everything throughout the film in a life and death situation. 
what is this Macintosh doing in this podcast? You mean Larry? Yeah, I mean I mean Justin Long. Like I'm I'm giving up, you know, just just going by the actor name and calling him Justin. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. not saying that trouble of actually remembering and learning his character name Justin Long oh. for me forever will be Macintosh. Yeah, the the scene is is kind of weird because the car makes absolutely no no noise until she looks at it then it starts making noise so it's a i don't know if it's new some sort of electric or hybrid truck i i don't know yeah it's a goddamn tesla <laughs> yeah tesla inside <laughs> it's actually elon musk driving <laughs> no no wonder the lady all of a sudden was had a hurry i would be escaping too they got to the cafeteria where you have the slowest customer service in the entire world. You tell that you need a police and you just get odd looks. Like, huh? Huh? Police? What? what? Yeah, what is phone? What is a police? G- yeah. Then again, then again, the cafeteria's defense, as we see in the very next frame, the phone is actually right there next to the lady. So, once again, <laughs> or, or the sister. So, what? Gives once again what are, are are the quarters now too expensive? You can't push a dime to use the phone right I next to you. Think you can? I don't think you even need quarters to call from a payphone to nine one one. So yeah, so police. Yeah, so so why why make the ruckus and actually start to boss the the serving staff? Because the script mandates that there will be a phone call from this uh, magical lady who will tell them the entire plot. The exposition lady of the film. Yeah, who actually refuses to, in the end, really give them the entire plot. Like, this is once again one of those those mysterious exposition ladies who give you some very kind of a half-assed hints. Here, here, here's a snippet of this song. You know, be, be careful of this song. When you hear these lyrics, something bad is going to happen. And they turns out in the end of the film that, you know, the part of the vision where the exposition lady has a- actually kind of a vision that song playing is already in the moment when it's too long for Mac. A comedy can be very subjective, but when this phone call ends, I kind of enjoyed the moment when Terry says, fuck you, lady, because this movie has so many of these cliche moments, like this psychic phone call from some very smart person who knows everything about this bad guy and just uh, Justin or Darry to give that kind of a FU for this character was kind of enjoyable like what the hell are you babbling lady and would be fun to make kind of a or see some kind of a f- f- horror comedy out of these kind of cliche elements of horror and then just give a big finger and make fun of all of them I well there's Probably plenty of them, but not many of them so well executed. I, I I don't know if you have heard about this small feature called Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in my notes somewhere. I think <clears throat> Justin was just mad because his annoying sister tried to take the phone from him and try to rip it off. He, she wanted to listen to the phone call too. And also Justin tried to or Justin's character tried to go away with the phone while the phone was intact with the cord and almost <laughs> fell on his ass with the phone, which was amazing. Just comedy gold. 
what is this striptease in this cafeteria? Justin puts his shirt back on, the same broken one. No, it's a new shirt. Oh, okay. I thought he only had dirty clothes with him, so I'd imagine it's his one of his dirty t-shirts. Yeah, but uh, his sister put the menthol in there. Yeah, but yeah, and, and then again, you know, Max dirty la- laundry is is still on the backseat of, of, of the car, where, where the director goes and sniffs it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't even on the script. It just <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> or, or, or the extras in the cafeteria were uh, actually came like. They, they really came to trusting Lom, like, hey man, did you know that somebody was sniffing you through your dirty laundry? <laughs> but, uh, and the cameraman was just, yeah, let's just keep rolling. This is good stuff. We'll work it in the film. Throw some weird jump cuts in it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, Salva already has a criminal record, so it can't be anything more worse than that. Or so. <laughs> When they go outside of the cafeteria and there's this doo, 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 three or four of these quick shots of the car from weird angles. Which is something that I've noticed Salva really likes to use, especially in, in the Jeepers films. Like this is some kind of a returning element in, in Jeepers movies. But but that, that's actually a good point that you made. Uh, when you have a criminal record as bad as as his, you can just uh, do anything in a film because they're always going to say, well, it's not as bad as his personal life. Yeah, that that's actually completely true. Like, like you, you could even, even kind of a, well, no, you couldn't remake The Birth of a Nation, but, but outside of that, you could almost do anything you want. And if there would be any kind of a backlash, you could always take shelter from the fact that well, your personal life is already more messed up. Yeah, yeah. And also, if you're a, like a starting director, if I were to make a movie, it would probably suck. And people would say, like, your movie sucked. But I would say, well, yeah, it sucked, but I didn't suck on little boys, so I'm better <laughs> than him. <laughs> didn't save you from Cheaper Scapers 3. Because that film was universally condemned as a being abysmal. I think it's what Justin Long pointed out in the beginning of the film, that this is some kind of a inbred monster. The yes, kind of a yes. monster that you have heard legends of in YouTube. Yeah, the, the sort of a monster that loves to sing Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. I like how the two heads roll into the grass when there is now this accident with the police car and the monster of the evening was standing on the police car and they both the heads roll both in left and right directions it's well choreographed head rolling well done i guess they they had an expert on the scene for that or i'm not sure what was rolling there because in the next shot we then see that this uh, head seems to be in the middle of the road so Maybe there were three heads. Possibly they maybe they had an extra that I throwed in there for fun. Yeah, the oh, cops yeah. had a spare severed head in their backseat. <laughs> just in case, man. Yeah, and then they were just let's roll it. <laughs> he was just waiting to make the joke. Just don't lose your head, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, 
French kisses. Any experience with those? Because it seems that our monster of the evening is very, very informed about this uh, particular matter, especially with severe heads. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I didn't really know what to make of make of this scene. I mean, in, in a film made by a convicted convicted pedophile, you now have a scene of necrophilia against a, a signpost that states "taste good." <laughs> Yeah, well, that that <clears throat> Frenching the severed head was not my proudest fab, but <laughs> it was still, still very enjoyable. Yes, <laughs> you can just I'm... just stay when you want me to leave this podcast. I'll just go. <laughs> I don't know what to say, guys. I'm speechless. <laughs> I will never be back. <laughs> <laughs> Fapping aside, there is this uh, lady who has different kind of hobbies than that, has a bunch of cats inside. And, uh, you know, Henrik, do you like uh, cats or dogs? Well, I, I somehow feel that it's it, it's appropriate that the cat lady of the film is actually a complete shithead herself also. So, you know, take yeah. that as you will. Yeah, she has been snorting this uh, cat sand for a little bit too long. So you can see that the person has like 20, 30 odd cats and totally does not understand what it means to use a phone or police. These words do not quite register. Yeah, and also noticed that in the beginning of the movies near the pipe, there was crows, which are the most annoying thing in a horror film. And uh, now there's cats, so... We have both. Yeah, what could go wrong? I mean, yeah. Well, you have actually this lady with this this cats in the house to bring more horror element to the film, right? You know, you wouldn't have like cute puppies running around the building. That wouldn't really work, like dog puppies. No, no, no. Just just go to the kennel and get a bunch of cats, and it, this it, this will work nicely for your horror film. For for some reason, horror films always like to use cats. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what what it is supposed to be in cats. Why it's always cats? I I do understand that that you know small puppies are not scary the least. In in fact, they are just cute. So I understand you in that sense. I do understand why horror films constantly use cats in in the, the this person is weird and creepy moments. But I'm kind of a I am kind of interested in learning why is it in in human subconscious why we feel that it's somehow odd to own a million a bunch of cats and not a bunch of puppies or or dogs or Rottweilers. Why why, why is cats automatically telegraphed as as horror movie animals? Well, the the explanation is in the documentary make of Uninvited from 1988. Well, what what is the explanation? Because I don't have Blu-ray copy of, of Un, Uninvited. I only have the no extras DVD. Because cats will breed monster cats that will kill all the occupants of a ship. Yeah, yeah, but, but that was a very specific part of cat. It's a good film to approve all of my preconceived notions about cats. Also, Cats is a pretty good film to confirm all your preconceived notions of cats. <laughs> I think, uh, actually, that's, movies are the reason why cats have a, such a bad rep. Everybody hates cats because of 
these movies. I, I don't know. I, w- I would say cats are the reason why cats have such such a bad rep. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, also that. <laughs> Did you know that there was one single line that was supposed to be deliver- delivered by the baddie of the night when he kills this cat lady? And it's probably something that is that he is doing with with his lips in this, but uh, it was just removed this part of dialogue where he says she don't smell too good. There well, was, no oh. fucking surprise seeing how he's now sniffing weird cat lady. Right. <laughs> what about the alternative title for the film? Here comes the boogeyman. Would you go with Here comes the boogeyman or Cheapers Creepers? How about um, just Here comes the Cheapers Creepers? <laughs> I'm kind of a torn because I hate both of the titles. I don't even know what the hell this Cheapers Creepers means. Can somebody explain? Well, actually, just just basically the song Cheapers Creepers. That's where they got it from. Right, right. But what does that then mean? It's just some kind of a 30s honky way of creating some artistic sounding song titles. It's it's pretty much precisely that. Like like the Finnish translation of the song... Or, or that that part of of the song was hitsiviekön, <laughs> or, or was it kissaviekön? Either one of those two. So there's really no good translation for it. So something like oh bummer. Yeah, I, I do remember like seeing old like fifties movies or movies based on the fifties where the little kids always say, "Well, cheapers, misters." So. Mm. Uh, cheapers is is an expression, but creepers just seems. It it's it's kind of a, it's once again those kind of annoying horror movie title things that I I'm not a fan of myself. Where where the the whole idea is that we take this naive and innocent thing from somewhere. In in this case, it's the cheapers creepers from the from the song cheapers creepers, which. As a, as a song, is really innocent, really naive, really kind of a happy song. And then we just kind of, a, we, we take the title and we twist it into this dark horror movie reality. And then the, we also add the meta aspect to the name. Because mo- Monster o- o- of the film is commonly known as the Creeper. So so there's, there's also that. Like, Jeepers Creepers. The creeper mm. wants Max Cheapers, and because of that, it's it's a common uh, it's it's a clever play with words. Uh, also, to add into that meta meta aspect, you also no- notice that Cheapers Creepers it's it's plural, meaning many. So there are two creepers. There's the monster and there's the director. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Like the director planned <laughs> planned all this ahead of time, Ouch. but uh, but now we could have a soul. Which is the worst uh, movie titled, or which one is worse, Cheapers Creepers or the Bye Bye Man? <laughs> <laughs> but Bye Bye Man is even even worse than Cheapers Creepers. Yeah, agreed. They were trying to build some more tension into the film by changing the gear shift in the film uh, it was the first automatic gear shift around the steering column but Salva insisted to make the shifter to be on the floorboard and the car to be a standard in that way to cause some kind of attention and it's used uh, quite a lot here and now of course we're running over Mr. Creepers like several times 
seems to be able to avoid and do the back into the future, like a jump trick a couple of times, but then fails and tries to become a Batman, but fails for now. Yeah, I I mean, I get that he he wants to smell fear or scare you or whatever. and and But this seems just so unnecessary to jump over the car and show your acrobatic skills. Just That's just showing off for the hell of it. To me, it looks like a case where Salva simply became too in love with his own creation, like with the monster, and then just decided to add more and more stuff that are quotation marks cool into his creation, and I would I would say that's kind of the running problem with the franchise itself. Like, the Creeper himself gets more and more laughable and stupid as the franchise goes on, simply because there is all these cool elements added to the creature. In here, it's still pretty low-key, but it or- it's already annoying. Like, I- I'm-, I'm fine with the Creeper having wings, but these goddamn backflips and Matrix acrobatics that the creature is able to pull off are already too much for me in, in this first film. In the second film, he starts to get some ninja throwing stars, because ninjas also are cool. And <laughs> in, in the third film, the main focus is on Creeper's car, which now is made out of traps, also is bulletproof, also has a spear that comes out of its tailpipe, and it's it's like you you hear here in the first film you see the the kind of a causation marks that this is going to go downhill if the stunt is not like stopped now at this point and the stunt is not stopped and it's just it's just weird completely out of control as the franchise goes on but I would say the main problem is is in, is in here. It's in Salva being too officiated with his own creation. Uh, could be. But I actually like the car stunts here. And I do like how gradually we get to know more and more and more different dimensions about the character. So it gradually builds. And good for the movie that it never kind of explains where all of this is coming from. I, I can see that this will be a huge problem in the sequels, which I have not yet seen, but... Uh, if you start building more and more aspects to the character and then you're not going to kind of explain everything, it's just starting to get a little bit comedic, to say the least. I can, I can imagine that. And and what Henrik was talking about with the, the later movies with the throwing stars and the cars and gadgets, it seems like uh, the Creeper might be the next James Bond with the, all his gadgets and acrobatics and just just coolness. Who who knows now that Daniel Craig is finally leaving the franchise? <clears throat> yeah, there is already some talk from uh, not so quality newspapers, but they are claiming that uh, Daniel Craig would be back for sixth. But we'll see about that. Well, well, if it's up to Daniel Craig, most likely he is going back for even for sixth month. Yeah, we'll see if it's going to be the Roger Moore thing to do even more. Well, but, uh, I'm I'm rooting for the Creeper to be the next James Bond, so we'll see. Okay, um, yeah, I, I was trying to say something really funny, which is going to probably infuriate many if I would go there, so never mind. No, you have to say it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, are, you are building expectations here, man. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Well, it's kind of this movie in a way that you have some expectations, but uh, you will, they will not all get played in the end. So not like the twelve-year-olds behind the scenes. <laughs> These keep getting just funnier and funnier. Pedophilia, <laughs> fun for the whole family. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> well, 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 not for the whole family, but. <laughs> So you were saying, Kari, about infuriating some people? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's the police station scene, of course, which is uh, falling into these kind of a tropes of the series. You have the psychic and you have the polices who are not able to do anything and don't believe anything. And then they finally see something and they believe something, but it's too late and everybody dies. But also this, uh, or... Batty of the night has some, the creeper has some kind of new qualities because he's not only the Batman, but he will also get some kind of, uh, well, a uh, predator type of influences on his face just at the last moment. Yeah, he's also becoming officially unkillable here at the police station. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the guy was for, like, I don't know, for an eternity so careful by not uh, revealing himself. And now he's all over the place. Precisely. And I I suspect that even after these events, they will not ever go to the house to to investigate. Because why not? It would be completely illogical to check on those bodies, finally. Well, the the first film makes the notion that the church is already burning. So the creeper, once again, is trying to hide his, his marks and destroy the evidence in order to kind of... Keep himself unknown and keep his actions kind of under the surface so that nobody would pay attention. And that's uh, also something that really bugged me in the police station scene of the film. Because up until this point, the film has been continuously hinting on the direction that the creeper tries to be very careful with his actions. And not to call anyone to notice him and what he's doing. And then all of a sudden the pastor just decides that he is going to to terminate the police station for because he's just so obsessed over Mac all of a sudden. Well, yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess. he the monster is obsessed about Mac or Darry or Mr. Long because he is the most fearful person of the film. And that, I, I guess, the, is the reason that we have some kind of a Freddy Krueger influence as well. That the more fear you have, or the maybe you, he has the best best amount of odor of that smell because he fears so much. Or, or something. Like like the psychic lady makes the notion that for some odd reason, the creeper usually gets really focused on some individual target. Like the creeper is supposed to operate like in in the logic that he finds one target that has one individual trait, eyes, lungs, tongue that he really wants, and then he's going out of his way to to kill that one person to claim that one body part. But that kind of does not make that lot of sense because when it comes to the tongue, the creeper just appears to be attacking random cops and just at random choosing that, yeah, this one cop will do, I take tongue here, because there's no any kind of a insinuation that Creeper would have been targeting the cops. And also because 
uh, as we see in the police station, the creeper is more than ready to just target random individuals when he's injured and he has to kind of rejuvenate himself. Because once again, it's kind of hard to believe that creeper knew that there's a one specific leg that he needs to have from this one person, so he attacks that specifically, and in instead of it just being kind of a matter of convenience. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, what's what's with the thing that when he the creeper comes to the station, he's limping, obviously in bad shape. He was affected by the car driving over, but he is bulletproof for some reason. But well, they didn't really test it so much. I mean, they could have potentially saved Justin Long's life if they would have aimed some bullets into the body before he would have flown out of the window. Everybody makes some stupid decisions here, and this was the only chance to save his life. But I think the granny shot once, and also the cops. I think one of the cops shot him with the, the handgun when he found him beating the leg. Yeah, well. Uh, if okay. like running over the guy with the car four or five times will do some momentary damage at least, I think they could have taken their chances and put some sweet headshots to the guy. Yeah, yeah. But they're American cops, so they had mm. their gun license by playing Doom. Probably. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's true, you know. That's true. Maybe somebody finally told them that, guys, when you're pulling over somebody who is speeding, you don't have to shoot every fucking person there, especially if they're black. So we're now trying to limit your bullets and you may not shoot creeper characters either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so by, by, by that logic, the cops should actually be emptying their mags on, on creeper. Yeah. And, you know, planting evidence on him, like, oh, no, he had a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, he was reaching for his wallet. <laughs> yeah, but here we see the, the final scene after the monster has flown into his new hideout. Yeah, this final scene was filmed at a meatpacking plant where Derry is shown dead. Apparently he was uh, really into Derry's eyes and mouth and such things. This and, is a pretty disturbing ending for the film, considering that Terry was uh, for sure my favorite character, and then you just, you know, you try to be the very, very, very uh, dark, dark f horror film by not giving you the feeling of comfort by the end. I guess you can say that that's a good thing, that it's a kind of courageous horror film to pull this off, but honestly, I didn't really care for it. I, I was surprised to see that at the end of the film, Macintosh dies and does not survive the film as they usually the main characters do in horror movies but at the same time i was i i still even today i can't understand why the hell creeper was so interested about eyes of because he all, all the wanted to things well that was explained in the movie by the psychic if the psychic's uh, scientific research is correct here that he's getting a better vision each time that he eats some body parts for example, eyes for eyes and lungs for lungs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but with, for example, with lungs, I can understand that. Like, you need lungs to breathe. But as, as the film's lore goes, the creeper is awake only for 23 days. And then he sleeps for 23 years. 
and he'll, he, he wakes up once again. Now, as a creature, the creeper is perfectly functional and capable to operate, even without eyesight. Seeing how the creature is blind throughout the film until the very end when he finally gets Macintosh's eyes. So, by, by that logic, the creeper is, has already been on his killing spree for X amount of days, getting the lungs and all, all the other body parts that he needs. So, he has, what, 20, 15, 10, 5 days? Still left until he goes back into hibernation for the next 23 years. So, why eyes? Like, what? Do, do you, does Creeper need eyes to be able to see dreams? Is, go, is he going to pinch watch the entire run of Narcos? And, and then 18 amounts of hentai before he goes into hibernation? Like, is, is that the plan, or why eyes? Because the creature doesn't really need them. He's able to drive a fucking car without having eyes. Well, I suspect that he had some level of visibility, and, uh, you know, in your 23 years of hibernation, it could be that your internal organs and your eyes get a little bit, I don't know, rusty, so you have to keep improving all of this. But, but once again, the, the whole fixation on having an eyesight, in my opinion, is kind of a lost. Like, it's a lost potential on Creeper, who stays awake only for 23 days. Well, I think the psychic kind of uh, pinpointed it to the fact that this character doesn't really make sense. He just fixates on some parts of the body or somebody by, this, by the odor of them, and then just decides to have fun. And there's no particular reason why they chose this target. Uh, that's the feeling I got. But if if I was the creeper, I would just consume huge amount of penises and just have a huge, you know, <laughs> two meter long. <laughs> just, just go waving it around town. <laughs> but, uh... To shoot the police. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, I guess you could go maybe... Well, the creeper is from hell, and he arrives on Earth for 23 days. And uh, I was thinking maybe maybe he had to wear glasses in hell, and he was made fun of, and he was ashamed of his glasses, and he had contact lenses, but it didn't work, and he started to go get some eyes. But but he wouldn't need mm. eyes even even in hell if he would just you know use the twenty three days just to consume penises because that <laughs> that seven inch long dong would be something to marvel even in hell. <laughs> He's a very specific guy. Twenty three years and then twenty three days. The guy keeps some kind of a calendar and alarm clock that will wake him up in twenty three years. That's yeah, interesting. yeah, yeah. Who who made the rules actually? And because we've established that in this this universe, hell is real. So did God make the rules that? Well, this is your timeline and enjoy. Well, he made the rules himself because he thought it would be super spooky to come up only every twenty three years. No, he's just a really lazy guy. Yeah, yeah. Laziness mm. comes yeah. to mind. Yeah. Here's four cheaper creepers four. Just going through the years of the hibernation and everybody going checking up on him and pestering him <laughs> during this, during his sleeping hours. Yeah, that would make for a very angry bear cowboy or 
<laughs> the, the creeper's mom coming up through a room while he's masturbating. <laughs> oh my god! Just stop it. Just get a job. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome movie, yeah. That's true. I feel like we skipped a lot from the police station, but then again, nothing really happened there. Nothing and... really happened. The, yeah. the, the psychic was not eaten by by the monster for reasons. Maybe he thought that it, this uh, psychic would be very very useful in the sequel. Yeah, I, I would feel kind of bad that even the, the ugly monster ha- wants nothing to do with your party parts. I would feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Past due date. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was cheaper creepers, Henrik and Aku. Finally. So, Henrik, what was your favorite performance? I, I, I guess I, I have to give that one to Mac. Like, I, I, I'm not huge fan of Justin Long for for some reason, which I can't explain. There's just something in the guy that rubs me the in the wrong way completely something that i can't rationalize at all have you been rubbing body parts with justin long no i i left that to the director of this film oh okay yeah for me also justin long like well for the uh, like half of the running time he's just mouth wide open and eyes wide open but yeah you uh, usually i can't stand the guy but but he did work here he did work here, and I think the performances are pretty great from all the, the main casts here, so no problem. Yeah, and, and there wasn't a lot of people to judge. Like, really, there was only the brother and sister most of the time, and sister was so annoying, I would never choose her. But I think it is it is the favorite performance is just along, or the creeper, which was, like, between those two. Yeah, because the sister was a little bit annoying from the get-go because she is the reason, basically, why they took this sidetrack and started to go on some some countryside because she didn't want to go on the highways or something. And they got into the trouble because of her in that sense, and then she is not even able to keep watch of the cars on the road or anything. Yeah, and, and Justin, or Darren, whatever his name was, he, he did say he wanted to take his car, meaning that it would have been better in the chase scene so there's also that that the girl didn't uh, didn't want to take Justin's car for some reason so uh, favorite scene uh, from my end it would be that nighttime road attack on the cops that is great stuff the bad guy on the top of the car out of focus I like that shot very terminator like kinda kinda yeah there was something else also that I could see kind of related to terminator franchise yeah I think it's like a mix-up. The Creeper is a mix-up of Terminator and Freddy Krueger. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what was your favorite scene? Um, yeah, probably the end credits. They were wow. kind of in- enjoyable. Kind of <laughs> uh, original credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really know because, well, probably the, the first first few minutes when the, the Creeper is throwing the bodies in the hole, that, that really... Um, it worked. It was probably the best best scene in the movie because uh, after that it was kind of shit. Hmm. Interesting analysis. Favorite quote? Well, this was pretty easy. I I marked this down. I can't remember. Was it the first minute? But uh, when the creeper passes them the first time 
and the sister says something like, uh, what's the deal with this guy? What's wrong with him? And uh, Justin <laughs> shouts out the window, like, probably inbreeding. This was pretty, pretty <laughs> awesome scene. <laughs> it's a really funny beginning of the film. I was laughing like three times <laughs> aloud. I knew it couldn't get better than that, so I marked it immediately as my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't figure out what was going on there, but when when Macintosh is singing this nonsense in the car during the first scene, in the first five minutes, just before the car starts punching them on their back, that was quite funny. It's not really a quote, I'm sorry, but I, I, I have no idea what's going on. His mouth is moving and there are words, but... Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like they, they also had some you know, fun back and forth banter between the siblings. The first yeah, and part I think the, the chemistry is quite believable that they could really be sister and brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the banter is is believable enough. It's it's annoying as all hell, but then again, quite often the sibling banter is can be quite annoying. And I also got the feeling that the film managed to sell me the concept that these two characters are siblings quite well. Henrik, did you have some favorite quote? Uh, I am also stuck in in the car in the opening minutes. Uh, this one goes to Macintosh as he remarks, I have to bring home laundry. If I don't, she gets depressed because goddamn, if that ain't the truth. That, exactly. Yeah. My ex's mom was exactly like this. She always wanted to travel for hundreds of kilometers just to do his laundry. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not abusing the washing machine of my mom's, but, you know, it, it's, I, I'm just doing it for her. Uh, Henrik, <laughs> I, I think it's time to move on. Just <laughs> tell her that no more laundry. <laughs> I have stopped using clothes. <laughs> You can go back to watch Napakumpi. <laughs> Which, uh, and Napakumpi, of course, in English is belly button 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Bullseye can also oh, yeah, be al pretty also that. <laughs> <laughs> But mostly it's just belly button 10. <laughs> oh, Finnish, you're, you're cracking me up. <laughs> okay, and uh, favorite kill? This was kind of odd because this is supposed to be a horror film and yet all of the kills in the movie, they didn't really show a lot, the killing. Isn't they, that a uh, good thing? No, no. You know, it's, it's, it's more in your mind. You're, it's an illusion what you <laughs> see in your head. It's the, there was actually a, like an article about this. I was showing it to Henrik, but Henrik was like, ah, this is some bullshit. They didn't even have enough sample size, but whatever. It showed the, the same thing that it was, once again, confirming my preconceived notions that when you have a horror movie where you don't show much of the what happens, the bad stuff, like Halloween, it's, 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 it's uh, feeding your uh, imagination. And it works kind of like the books. And uh, that way, it, it makes it more horrifying than when you see the killings or the violence, like in Saw. And that's why also the study found out that the Conjuring films are scarier than Halloween. Ex uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it be scientifically proven, man. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> okay, fuck that study then. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah, you could be right. Uh, but if it's done well, like in the Halloween, which can't be compared to this pile of thing. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a lot of gore and blood and stuff, but just cutting out of the scene when it happens, it's just kind of boring for me at least. And Halloween does show more of the killings. So uh, my favorite kill is none of them. They were pretty <laughs> lame. <laughs> well, that, that's the first one on, on this podcast. Yeah, we have had one moment where... Mr. Franklin, our uh, James Bond expert, refused to reply to one of these these quickie <laughs> categories. But this is the first non-kill as favorite. Yeah, this, these are disappointing for me kills. Yeah. Well, my favorite kill would be probably it's nothing really that exciting, but I guess it's the cat lady. Yeah, I, that... I I I take that ma- male cop on the night time code at Axie. Yeah, I can't pick Macintosh because I feel so bad for him. Why? I mean, come on, it's Macintosh. <laughs> yeah, and they are they they are always running. Yeah, and there there really wasn't wasn't uh, any scene when he where he was killed. He was just shown dead without yeah, the eyes yeah, and the yeah. back of his head. But 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 Macintosh wasn't that much running in this film. <laughs> Not enough. Yeah. Like you could you could even even make the argument if if you go by by this movie that Macintosh is pretty shit. In the end. So in that sense, this is kind of an accurate depiction of Macintoshes. God think, damn it, you. The, the, the <laughs> GPS is all over the place, and it's compl- it's it's constantly pestering you, asking for personal information. and. Oh, and Windows doesn't do that. Like The most uh, <laughs> obtrusive, in, intrusive operating system on the face of the earth. Only on its later, uh, like uh, on the later models, like from what Windows 10 onwards. Uh, on Windows 7, you could actually still block the telemetry. Yeah. Now that we have this, what is basically a freeware operating system, it's going to be intrusive as all hell. You have to spend half of your day switching all the buttons to the right position, and then you get the next update, and it's going to reset everything. But much like in the in, in the film, in real life also, Macintosh can't get shit done. Incorrect. <laughs> this podcast is done with Macintosh computers. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. What does it say about Macintoshes? <laughs> <laughs> it, it runs better than your <laughs> recording app on Windows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad this podcast never goes off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, random confusing question. Well, would you go home and sleep? Um, so, uh, I don't know. Henrik, you go ahead. What? 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 what, what, what? Random confusing question. <laughs> you get your creative mind some work. <laughs> Seeing how the creeper is going to be just sleeping and in hibernation for 23 years, and he wouldn't be getting any exercise. But that mean that mean that that if if during those twenty three days that he's awake, if he would just consume McDonald's and eat like five million chicken McNuggets, after his next hibernation cycle, would he be fit or would he be complete fat ass? Like would his body burn 
all the calories during the during the hibernation so that he can he wouldn't get fat or w- would just you know the lack lack of exercise make him a gigantic fat ass he would not get fat himself because he is outsourcing the fatting to all the body parts that he has stolen from other people but the and body that... parts would still technically be inside him technically that this so, is so tough... is, is, is the is the whole whole shit on creepers and just a gigantic weight loss tact <laughs> like like, <laughs> like he 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 he, he Wakes up from hibernation, he quickly switches his body parts, which now have gotten fat, and all the arteries are clogged, and the heart isn't really beating because of all the McDonald's, and then he quickly replaces them. Like, new heart, new lungs, new stomach, and then the, he uses the last five days to consume, once again, million pounds of McDonald's. Well, it makes sense, and if you're going to sleep for 23 years, I think you need to replace your arteries every once in a while. Like every 23 years. Yeah. So, so hey, v- Victor Salva, in case you are not being incarcerated when this episode comes out, you know, please, please contact us on, on this podcast on our Facebook page. We kind of, a, we, we have a lot of questions considering the creeper. Yeah. yeah. You have heard of the 12 step program, but here's the creeper's new diet 23 year program. <laughs> Yeah, and the twelve step is not what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> you didn't even see that. No, 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 no. The twelve step takes you directly to prison. <laughs> but but if you're a director, only for a year. So. <laughs> that, that, that's the Hollywood system at work. <laughs> The first shot that comes to mind. It is Macintosh in the middle of the spotlight light circle when he's rising up in the murder murder basement. Yeah, for me it's uh, the creeper doing the Matrix thing on top of a car, unfocused in the background of the shot. Yeah, I think it's the I think the pipe is pretty much the most iconic for me. Yeah, with the potatoes uh, wrapped in handkerchiefs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, I didn't get to have my random confusing question, but then again, I don't have one, so I don't know why I'm complaining now. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, what would you put on the film's poster if you would like to redesign it? <laughs> well, I, I would just use the tagline that they already use on the poster. What's eating you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, <clears throat> I would change the tagline to "This is what happens when you don't use hair products for twenty-three years." <laughs> Head and shoulders commercial. Yeah. Do you think the creeper would make a great Cenobite? I could, I could see him saying, "We have such sights to show you." Mm, I, I'm is, not that... feeling that one. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like the, the the fact with the creeper is that that the creeper works while he's when he's still clothed, like when when he has that that old jacket on and ha- has the hat on and all, all that nonsense. That, that's when creeper still works. When the creeper actually takes his clothes off and is is completely nude, he somehow becomes quite laughable. Operation like. 
the the wings. For example, in the police station sequence, when you see Creeper's nude backside and you you see his wings, and they they, they look like chicken wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, yeah, the Creeper when he walks, he he walks like a human, and uh, he also whistles and he listens to music. So he seems more human than a hellish creature. He does. Which eats tongues or has French kisses with uh, severed police man's heads. Yeah, why does he need a tongue? Because he doesn't talk. I, I, I guess for the exact same reason that he feels that he needs eyes. Yeah, probably. But what pulled you out of this film? Well, I had marked here that... Um, Long list. It was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I first, I first put the falling down the pipe when he somehow from going on his stomach head first turned to his back and falled miraculously onto the spotlight. That was my first. But going further to the movie, I just wrote the sister. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, really got on my nerves how annoying she was. The sister is pretty but, uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was many of the stupid decisions, maybe throughout the film, that just they were happening way too frequently. Starting from the cafeteria where nobody was able to help them in a reasonable time, and then the cops being complete doofuses and not getting to the scene of the crime, which was not that far away as we understand it. And and at the police station, it gets a little. Nah, it starts to lose steam there for some reason. Partly because of the genre cliches, partly because of the psychic cliche. Yeah, and and also, like, I don't know if you watched that trailer, but it seems like like we established that the first part of the movie was, was pretty good, but the second half was shit. It was the same thing with the trailer for some reason. It started off being quite scary and looked like some some movie I'd like to see. And in the halfway, it started playing Disturbed, some song of them, and just turned into a like a bad action flick trailer. So I think it's kind of fun how the trailer was also first good, then shit, like the movie. Wow. Yeah, the trailer somehow tried to... A copy the tonal shift that the film itself also takes. Yeah, it's uh, it's original. It's trying to be original there. You know? Give it the credit that it's due. Well, it, it tries to be something. I give it that much. Anything else to add on the what pulled you out? Well, I, I found the the sister character pretty bad from from the starting point. From, from the moment onwards when Macintosh tells her to keep an eye on the road and the sister does everything else except that one thing she was told to do but more notably my problems with the film start starts around the the 35 minute mark when they finally arrive at the cafeteria and the more comical shift starts to happen when when the tonal shift starts and from that point onwards they Film is just this escalating series of events that just lose me more and more as they progress. Too bad. And what drew you in? Um, Murder basement. <laughs> uh, I think 
I think it was also in the first first minutes like that. Just the tension in the beginning with the creeper dumping dumping the bodies. And uh, I did like the fact that the movie didn't have much jump scares, which are a basic sin on uh, horror movies. They didn't have much of those. But when they did have them, they were the most stupid jump scares, like the phone ringing, the brother coming to the car and uh, scaring his sister. And uh, I think some jump cut when they started driving. So kind of... Here it needs to be noted, though, that you are completely and utterly allergic to jump jump scares. Yeah, they are they are cheap as way to get someone to well jump jump around. It's 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 not scary. It's annoying. It's pointless. Yeah. If some big Hollywood director is listening to this podcast, I wish you would stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always kind of releasing this this tension, and then after the tension, it's like basically the crowd is laughing at it and it didn't really make you scared it just it just makes you jump well like i said it's shit that's that's pretty much all i can say it's it's awful obnoxious Mm. i like the simplicity of how it started it's two main characters just driving along the road and then they see something uh, suspicious happening on the side of the road and and then just start to investigate that and maybe i i wish to they could have kept it a little bit even more simple following to the second half of the film. Maybe not have so many characters introduced here. You could just play it with the bad guy and the two main characters and just leave the psychic stuff out of it. But, you know, at least they have a little bit of fun with that. Fuck you, lady. <laughs> and, and and when you think about it, this, is, this starts off so well as any kind of a 80s classical horror film. And uh, I think uh, you could even think that this was done in the 80s in the way it's executed in its simplicity so there are things going for the film it has a very memorable baddie and uh, good characters so uh, it's just that the ending of the film is not so it's not so satisfying but we also know that there was a different kind of ending meant for the film but then they kind of changed that and part of it is in Jeepers Creepers two of the material that they shot or the ideas that they had. And I don't know why they did it like this, but they did it the way it was. Maybe kind of a sequel baiting. Probably, yeah. There was, I think there was an issue with with the budget and time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had to uh, reshoot it and use the the original shots for the sequels. Or the sequel, the two, not the three. And uh, they they also, like you said, they had good elements, that, like 80s sort of stuff. It does have a, like a classic, good yep. good kind of classic horror film feeling at first. It's so they did start off great. Yeah, so simple. Like one intriguing element. Like, let's see what is wrong with this picture with this guy and his blankets. <laughs> the Butter Knives of Sacrilege. What would you change in the film? I wouldn't have added the comedy into the mix. I would have kept this purely as a horror film. And what I would have added would have been a little bit more plot or or story because in its core, Cheaper Creepers in the end, it's end up, it, it end, ends up being kind of just a, a combination of elements that don't really do anything in narrative wise. Like it gives you the psychic character that doesn't really tell anything that crucial 
the psychic just holds all the crucial information back. There, there is a the creeper who you don't really learn anything except you know the physical attributes it being able to fly and do matrix matrix backflips and it being invincible and and there the, are the character beats like that doesn't really go anywhere here is a psycho character here is brother and sister here is the once mentioned never shown parents and nothing of this kind of a plays out in the end it's just it's it's essentially Jeepers Creepers is just one long chase movie. Even even the sister brother chemistry outside of it just being you know added chemistry between two characters within the movie, in my opinion, didn't really play out in any way. There is a panther and there's a mention that this is this is a brother and a sister. But what does that mean in in the context of the story, except for the fact that they kinda maybe care of care of each other? Like the sister is willing to make the final sacrifice at the end of the film, and the fact that they are stuck in the car together as they are driving back home. But like, like what 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 is the greater narrative function between the two of them being siblings? I didn't kind of see that. Yeah, the yeah. film lacks a bit of a, like a resolution near the end. I mean, you could have shown the aftermath, what happens to the sister after everything is said and done and, and uh, cut into pieces. Yeah, in, in, is instead that got spared off and saved for a third film. Oh. <laughs> the there's, a, there's a really small cameo at the very end from the sister. <laughs> Now taking place in the modern times when she's right. more older, yeah. she works as a kind of a narrator for for um, to bookend the actual film. Jeepers Creeper, oh. Creepers three being a prequel to Jeepers Creepers two. Okay, because okay. that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I I get that you leave something if you're planning on a on a sequel. I get that you leave something for them, but. It kind of takes away from the first movie in this case that they didn't really tell us anything. And also, like the brother and sister, the only time that I felt convinced about the sister's acting and their relationship was just in the end when she wanted to sacrifice. So that was pretty good acting in my my opinion, but it was the only time that it really actually showed that they had some connection. So that's true. Hmm. Well, I had the opposite feeling. Get out. <laughs> Get out now. <laughs> I felt the connection from the beginning of the film. That's like a brother and sister. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it feels like if you were supposed to watch some kind of a sequel to make more sense out of things. And not to say that you would need to spell everything to the T to, for the audience to understand and know everything about the bad character or the antagonist of the film. Because that's not necessary. But it opens a lot of doors and then just doesn't quite do anything with them. It just happens that this guy is a f- kind of a flying predator, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and, and not the, not the director-type predator. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is also a bad thing for uh, someone who wants to know the backstory and what happens. He has to sit through 
three of these movies, so I feel bad for those people. But for me, one one is enough. I have seen the two others. I remember nothing from them, and I'm pretty glad. Yeah, there are reasons why he, why he, why we have watched in this podcast many films that have gotten a shit ton of sequels, but we never touched those sequels, except <laughs> in certain cases for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the desperation is just running theme on this podcast. <laughs> I am I am still waiting for you to re- review Hellraiser Deader, which is a great <laughs> title also. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you, you, you are not just dead. You are dead. Dead is this, this, this. The most dead Hellraiser. <laughs> like the franchise. Even, even <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser, even slightly more dead. <laughs> or Hellraiser, I can't believe it's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> So you really know you're watching cheaper creepers when you become cheaper. unnecessarily obsessed over someone's piss-poor peepers. <laughs> you really know you're watching cheaper creepers when it starts with a car on a small countryside road, and you could actually mix it up with any other film or yeah. horror franchise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you notice that now you are just watching Spielberg. The duel. <laughs> yeah, I think you really know you're watching Cheapers Creepers when um, you lost your will to live or you just hear the song. That's pretty much all. The song is the only thing, actually. Yeah, and e- e- even the song sucks. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, three adjectives to describe Cheapers Creepers. Well, that's two already. <laughs> <laughs> Not one. Okay, <laughs> this is a great start. <laughs> well, I, I can I can start this one. Um, for this one, the uh, three adjectives were kind of a hard to come by because uh, in the end, the film is kind of really meh to me, and there wasn't really that much to to kind of get a hold of hold off in in order to come up with the adjectives. In the end, the ones I picked were okay-ish, because this, this, even even though I give, give the movie a lot of shit, I, I do feel that it is kinda okay. More on that on the would you recommend this question. It's also unnecessary comedical, and it's Mark missing. It's kind of 80s. It's Classical in the genre of horror, but also kind of failure-ish because you stole my last adjective, Henrik. So it doesn't quite get there in the end. Like I've said, five hundred and twenty times. Well, yeah, actually, used you used all my my choices. So yeah, okay-ish is the best way. I would put okay-ish three times. <laughs> well, that describes the film pretty well. <laughs> But would you recommend Jeepers Creepers? Kind no. of a tough question, really. Like, uh, I guess, yeah, but it, it would be extremely lukewarm recommendation to be given. Uh, I, I do maintain that I don't hate the film. 
I, I see a lot of problems in the movie. I, I think that the film would have could have been a hell of a lot better, but it I don't hate it. Like it's not the worst thing I've seen. It's also not particularly good or it doesn't excel in in any shape or form. It's it, it, it just, you know, it it's it's okay. It's it's okay horror comedy attempt in a in a sea of okay horror films and there is nothing that that makes it to be particularly bad or really make it really good in any way. So if you have an hour and a half worth of time to kill and you have absolutely nothing else to do, then you know by by all means you know check out Jeepers Creepers. It's it's not offensing. It's not offensively bad, but you don't also get anything out of the experience. It's just you know it's a it's completely average, completely okay film, and there's a whole bunch of them. You can you can watch anything else except this one. Kind of a rough assessment because I still maintain that the film starts off so well, and we're talking about the horror genre after all, which doesn't have that many really iconic or good characters. And in my opinion, that the antagonist of this film is is still one of the best out there. Unfortunately, the way that it's executed to the end with the with the film is a bit problematic, not so good, kind of okay-ish, but it's ha- it has so many intriguing elements in it, uh, like kind of like a Hitchcockian nightmare that kicks you into the gear immediately in less than five minutes with the truck in, in, in their back. So uh, even though it has some failures in the end, I, I would still very much recommend this, and it definitely s- sticks out in a good way from the sea of horror flicks. I really don't see it, see it sticking certain out. elements of originality. Like, yeah. uh, uh, well, there's t- a whole bunch of horror films that are actually way better than Cheapers Creepers. What, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Or? Well, even the remake <laughs> of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in in my opinion, is actually better than Cheapers Creepers. Maybe you would watch Freddy vs. Jason or... Well, th- this, is, this is Freddy vs. Jason tier movie. Hell no. Hell yeah. That's yeah, one of the a- absolutely. That's like, one the, of the worst. That's that that's like the worst abs- absolutely the, the worst garbage that I've watched in the last <laughs> twenty years when it comes to horror films. Oh my sweet summer child. You really haven't been watching your your fill of really bad horror films. Well, when it comes to films that should be delivering on some, some level and then they completely fail in every sim every single aspect. You have even two major characters from the horror history, and you can't pull anything off with them. Just some yeah. little, yeah. yeah, yeah, precisely. That that is cheaper creepers in in basically every form of the world. You 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 have you you have the promise of delivery, which goes unfil- unfulfilled. You you have two icons of, of the horror genre. You have Macintosh and the director, like. And and still nothing. That the film in in its in, in the end is is okay is dud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but um, would I recommend if you like to watch the first thirty minutes of the movie? Yeah, I would recommend this. But if you like to watch the whole film and expect to 
<laughs> to hold on to the end, I would not recommend. I would recommend my favorite movie, Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens when you give the control to New Line Cinema. You have a high level of producing value and then you launch off your character into space. <laughs> well, well, at least Jason X is consistent on its tone yeah. and its presentation. Well, it is yeah, genuinely I, funny at the moment. Yeah, I think it, it should have won an Oscar at least. Yeah, too. What? For best musical? <laughs> best documentary. <laughs> <laughs> best fake nipples. <laughs> Talking about awards, this uh, Cheapers Creepers was nominated uh, by the three different uh, places. Uh, best movie nomination and uh, in horror genre, and also best young actor for a main guy. Mm. Yeah, did a good job, and maybe unfortunate that Justin Long is. Just uh, concentrated on doing Alvin and the Chipmunks movies and not f- films where he could actually excel, like maybe the horror like films. Like Die Hard 4. Uh, not that one. But there's a dot yeah. if you're looking for one. But also, he was um, he was on the movie, the Seth Rogen movie called Zack and Miri do porn or something like that. He acted as a gay porn star. So it was great, great um Great part part of his. I would recommend that movie to everybody. Okay. <laughs> but hey, would it be kind of great if Lance Henriksen would have been offered the role because uh, the film was written with Lance Henriksen in mind for the creeper role. Also, Tina Turner was considered for the psychic role along with Debbie Morgan. Yeah, so you would have Lance Henriksen whose face you can see under the prosthetics and who wouldn't say anything in, in the film. Yeah, yeah. I, I can somehow say, see how that would have saved the entire production. I'm your private creeper. Creeper for life. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the creeper could have been anybody. Like Steve Buscemi could have been the creeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, I was really... A fan of the performance of Jonathan <laughs> is sniffing his potential victims, and looking quite creepy, and uh, especially at the moment when she is he is harassing the psychic, those teeth man. Yeah, and just outside the camera, you got director there yelling at him. No, that's not so how you harass someone. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, like we've established, it was kind of okay, and it it got. 6.2 out of 10 in IM, IMDb and uh, surprisingly lowish. It's surprisingly highish. Not necessarily for IMDb because even my shaved balls I can get to 6.2 <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> it got uh, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, on um, Google reviews, 88% of people liked it. So Google users are something else. Well, now that you have uh, basically given some wrong opinions about a perfectly okay horror film, <laughs> what's next, Henrik? Are we 
once again getting back to Bond. Well, Henrik, we were supposed to watch No Time to Die next, but uh, seems that there are some troubles delivering this goddamn movie because a virus. Yeah, No Time to Die, the latest from Daniel Craig in the James Bond fan franchise, was pushed from April to November, and it looks like we're going to review it in November then, and, and we have kind of run our theme of the best and the worst movies, objectively speaking, in our opinion, from each of the Bond actors. So that theme is out of the way. And uh, I think we just have to start the new Bond marathon at some point when it's uh, more timely. But at this moment, it's going to be something else next week. And So what's what it's going to be? <laughs> like, what's the name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's called something else. <laughs> we... We have run, this is a very exceptional moment because usually we plan these like six months ahead, but now we have no clue what is going to happen next. Would it be, would it be the little world of Don Camillo then? Well, why not? It's, it's Italian, it's based on a book and there's a bunch of Jesus in it. Okay. So it's right up on your alley. Why? Well, because of, of all the Jesus. You are the Jesus and race fan here. Can't wait for that one. It's going to be basically um, Henrik's monologues about Jesus while I'm just like, oh, huh. okay. oh I see. I could uh, I could recommend doing something that wouldn't offend anyone, uh, but Stuart Little, <laughs> unless you're a cat person, that might be offensive. But yeah, but who cares about cat persons? <laughs> well, the lady from Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> well. Super nice that uh, you could make it here to the studio, Aku, finally after 80 plus episodes. And uh, <coughs> maybe we can get you back at some point to make fun of, you know, directors and uh, horror films. Well, well, seeing how professional your podcast is, I, I doubt, doubt that highly. <laughs> <laughs> it's more professional than your podcast. <laughs> I think I would I would rather um, have a cup of tea with Bill Cosby. <laughs> no. That's so savage. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, I I might be might be back even though my my um. Well, I, I can give you some movie ideas and maybe come back to the movies that I want to see and, you know, cherry pick. Good. Try something better next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I did mention Deader, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, it's time for me once again. Go to the theater, I guess, to see a wonderful product called Emma. I hope it's worth my time because it seems to be one of those chick flicks. We'll see. But for you, dear listener, next time, please suffer with us some monologues in Don Camillo. See you next week. Oh, until then. This talking of birth of a nation, I mean, it, it gives a very different flavor for the entire film. If you think that 
in actual fact, the bad characters are there. White people who have put on some some kind of a black mask on them, and they are the ones that are running and trying to rape white girls in the in the forest. In 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 the in the words of of the famous bard William Shakespeare, "What the fuck, man." <laughs> 